thank you for joining us today for another episode of Breakfast Theology. I wanted to apologize as I was listening to this episode. I realized that the audio quality is not quite right. We had some microphone issues that I didn't realize until I was editing the episode later. So bear with me on this episode. Hopefully we'll get that fixed. Enjoy the episode and thank you for listening. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Good to be with you again. Welcome to another episode of Breakfast Theology. My name is Josiah Kane. And I'm still Chuck Jones. <laughs> and uh, this morning I wanted to uh, just share with you some information. We uh, were about at 270, 280 views uh, in total for the podcast uh, since it became its own podcast a few months ago. And over the last week, we've doubled that. We're up to 524 playthroughs. Um, so we've doubled how much we've been listening. You guys have been listening over the last week. Um, and that's really encouraging to Chuck and I. Yeah, it is. And uh, I want to uh, share with you, 96% of the people that are listening to this podcast are from the United States. But we have people from Australia in Ireland, Canada, Germany, the United Kingdom, Kenya, and Singapore that have listened to our podcast. We are officially an international podcast. Kenya. <laughs> Kenya. Kenya dig it. <laughs> and uh, so I just want to encourage you. Uh, we'll say thank you for you guys listening. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I just want to say thank you to all of you guys who have been listening uh, and want to encourage you to keep sharing the podcast with your family and friends. We've got plenty to go around. We do. Uh, you can listen as many times as you'd like. And uh, I want to encourage you guys to reach out to us and uh, interact with us, give us topics that you'd like to hear about. And you can do that by emailing us at breakfasttheology at gmail.com. And if you send us an email, we would... Uh, Love to put it on the show. Uh, love to hear what you guys are thinking. This morning, we are talking about peer pressure. Yeah. Isn't that right, Chuck? Isn't That's that what, what we're doing? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, you know, peer pressure is one of those topics I remember from YouTube way, way back. And they would always try to steer us away from it. Don't be pressured by the group, by your peers. Mm -hmm. Hence the term peer pressure. And so I thought, you know, if we're going to talk about this, we could start there because adults understand peer pressure pretty well, especially when they're trying to root it out of somebody they're uh, responsible for. Mm -hmm. So we could start there, get everybody in engaged in the discussion and then point to some adult pressure mm. adult peer pressure because it never goes away it does not thank you <clears throat> so trying to think of times where peer pressure has been particularly noticeable in my life well, probably in yours probably never Maybe I'm usually the one pressuring people. If you've never been peer pressured, you're the boldy. That's what I'm finding now. Um, yeah, I've definitely been uh, pressured to 
participate in things maybe that I shouldn't have. Well, I've definitely been pressured, but thank you. Yeah, yeah you guys have a good rest of your day now. You too. So I, I was, uh, you know, offered, let's say, opportunities in high school to try illicit substances. <laughs> and thankfully, uh, I've declined those opportunities. But peer pressure was involved in those situations. Yeah. You know, every, literally everybody else in the setting is doing it. And so I left. You know, like, that's, that's pretty much the only thing I had, the only option. Participate or leave. Um... And so the, those opportunities, I think high school is, is seen as a time where peer pressure is particularly acute yeah, and uh, maybe particularly harmful. Well, that same kind of thing happened with me, but it was football. Mm. Turning a first year in high school, you know, with no real knowledge of what to expect, friends are saying, you're going to go out for football? I don't know nothing about no stinking football, <laughs> but I did. Did you play <clears throat> for a year? I didn't play at all. <laughs> did you practice for a year? Yeah. <laughs> In the August heat, oh, full pads, you know? Yep. Oh, boy. Where were you living at the time? In Byron Center. Oh, okay. At least you're in Michigan. You weren't like in Georgia or something. Yeah, that's right. That's in August. But, you know, it's... It, because everybody else was doing that, that was a thing to do. Even though I didn't know what I was doing or getting into. Mm-hmm. It was just the pressure of others that... If we can say, bent my better judgment. Yeah, peer pressure is uh, allowing yourself to have expectations put onto you yeah. by other people, kind of bending into that. And that, it's not always entirely harmful to be pressured into doing something. You know, like I think. We have some we have some verses that we could look at today too that show that but there are times where hanging out the right people can be positive peer pressure you know like you you can be peer pressured into doing things that are appropriate but it's just not usually how we talk about it <laughs> well is getting an invitation the same as peer pressure um, yeah, I think an invitation is a part or a form of peer pressure. Yeah. Like, hey, there's going to be a missionary trip to, you want to go? Everybody else is, you want to stay home by yourself? Mm -hmm. Or you want to go? Do you want to be a godly person or do you want to, do you love Jesus? Or do you want to stay here at home be a heathen. play Xbox? <laughs> yeah, um... I suppose that peer pressure is even sometimes harmful in uh, a Christian setting where maybe people feel like they have to do certain things that they aren't called to do. You know, the body of Christ functions in a lot of different ways, and people have different gifts within that and different talents. And so 
though some things aren't for everybody, even though some you might feel pressured into doing those things. Yep. But where peer pressure is particularly bad, I think I've said that phrase three times this morning. I'm going to say a different one. Where peer pressure is harmful is when it causes... Spiritually Yeah, spiritually harmful is when it causes us to sin. Mm -hmm. It causes us to choose something other than what God wants for us. Mm -hmm. If God God wanted to lay the pressure on you, you wouldn't be able to do anything other than what he wanted. Mm -hmm. Ever think of that? Yeah. He He doesn't tempt anybody. Yeah. Because if he did... There would be no resisting it. He doesn't tempt anybody with evil, specifically. Yeah. He's never using evil manipulation to get people to do something. I see your Bible's opened up to to John. John chapter 12. You got something over there for us? I do. What verse we look I'm going to look at 42 and 43 anyway. <clears throat> Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Hmm. So you see the pressure in play there. Some of the rulers of the Jews believed in him, but they wouldn't confess him out openly because of the pressure of the Pharisees that they might get put out of the synagogue. They liked their position. Wait, it was Jesus explained it. That's right. Verse 43. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Hmm. You hear peer pressure in there somewhere? Yeah. When men become big and God becomes small, men have more influence over you than God has. I think that's a sobering statement. It is. And it makes you, I don't know, it makes me just kind of take a step back for a second and kind of look at my life and things maybe I have or haven't done you know and wonder in any of those situations was I more concerned with making people happy than I was with doing what God wanted me to do and that's a I think that's a situation that uh, leadership in the church finds themselves in probably often or at least maybe more often than most so pastors, elders, you know, deacons, those kinds of things may find themselves in a situation where they might have to do something that is unpopular, but they feel like God is leading them to do. Yeah. But it definitely happens in, uh, I think it happens in every Christian's life as well, where, you know, maybe you refrain from participating in certain you know, parties or activities or, uh, you know, you're spending your money on, on ministry so you don't have the money to go on vacation that all your other 
non-church friends are going on. They really want you to join them, but you, you know, can't make it happen or something. Um, kind of, I, I guess there's like an infinite array of different kinds of ways this can work itself out. And Paul says something similar, a similar idea in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. He says, For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. He makes a statement where it seems two things are mutually exclusive. Yep. Where you're either a bondservant of Christ or your intentions are to please man and it's hard to be both. Yeah. Or impossible. Maybe. You seek the praise of men or God? Can't serve two masters, kind of that same kind of yeah. thinking. You can't serve yourself and God. So it's, sometimes it's a hard decision. And I know that. But it's locking into the right course. Is it the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. Not that, is it the best thing to do for me? Is it the best choice for my career? Is this a wise move? And I understand all of that, but that doesn't enter into it. In my thinking, my thinking, the question is, is it what God wants you to do? Mm-hmm. That should be your first question and only question well i think there might be a room for some caveats past that point you know like is this god honoring and there might be maybe two variations of that god honoring question you know that but if you can't get to the point where you think this is what god would be pleased with then obviously you're not doing the you better go down yeah, a different yeah way. you better do the switch back to michigan you and go find another road that's right. In the the words of wisdom in the Old Testament, there's also some verses that are, I think, in line with our topic today. Proverbs 13:20 says, "He who walks with the wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm." And so, I I think what is being said here is uh, you can I think almost pick how you're peer pressured um, have you thought this out I have there's a there's a I can't maybe it was John Maxwell I can't remember exactly who said it but they said something along the lines of you are the sum of the five people you spend your most time with right. yeah so, the people you, the five people you spend the majority of your time with, you become, not them, but you, you pick up the parts of them. And so, if those are wise people, you know, if you surround yourself with godly, if you allow those to be your main influences, you're going to become more like that. But if you allow yourself to be surrounded by fools or, or people who don't honor God, then you are moved that direction you're peer pressured in that way it's kind of 
which way are you setting your rudder? You know, it, this is a conscious choice that you can make that will move the path that you're going towards God or away from God. Um, I was in the in the hangar deck one day, up on the side of the helicopter, working on a, a piece of hydraulic equipment down inside by the transmission, where you. If you got your head just right, you could see it. <laughs> I got both arms down in there, and I got my wrench, and I'm trying to tighten this nut, this bolt up, and the wrench slipped. Has that ever happened to you? Did you bang your knuckles? No. Oh, I hate when that happens. It is worse, worse than that, <laughs> if you can believe it. Safety wire nuts on the helicopter are safety wires in a particular way so that it holds it in a tight position in case it gets vibrated. There's a lot of vibration on the helicopter. Yeah, so they don't come loose. <laughs> That's good. Well, and it's up to everybody, every mechanic who's working up there to make sure that the safety wire is in place, correct, and finished off right. Some guys will just put the wire in there and twist it and push it back in there. And well, there's those sharp ends. And more than one time, I had when that wrench slipped, that sharp wire jabbed into the end of my finger. <laughs> now, thank you. I hollered loud enough for everybody in the hangar to know something happened. And I sat there and I thought, now, am I supposed to throw my wrench? I asked myself, am I supposed to throw my wrench? <laughs> and the answer I came to was yes. So, the way it went. And I've often thought of that and thinking, it, where did I learn that was the proper response? From all the other bad safety wire people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, what Paul say about bad company corrupts good morals? Yeah, that's uh, 1 Corinthians 15.33. 1 Corinthians 15, you say? Yeah. Evil company corrupts good habits. Well, that's the truth. It is the truth. And it's a truth that a lot of people uh, try to ignore. And there's a difference between allying, or there's a difference between allying yourself with bad people, surrounding yourself with, with fools and bad company, and being with them like Jesus was. So Jesus was with sinners and prostitutes and tax collectors, but he surrounded himself with the disciples. So you see, there's a difference. He, he was with these people, but he surrounded himself. You're with, right. With godly people. There's the the thing that I've often used was Jesus was around those people for what reason? To for their right, good. Right. Their good. Not his own benefit. Mm -hmm. Not for what he could get out of them, but what they could get out of him. Yeah. That's the difference. Why do you hang around with people? To get something out of them? That's Sometimes gonna, that's going to lead you down the wrong road, man. Yeah. 
you should have friends who aren't Christians, I think. And, and maybe even friends who tend to make bad decisions sometimes. Because those are the people that we're called to talk to and evangelize to. But you have to be very intentional with where you're drawing your main source of from the Bible, from your other godly friends. Like you have to go back to those anchors, like continually. And if you don't, you can start to sway. You can start to drift away. So you should be with those people. But keep in mind, they shouldn't become your in, your inner circle. Right. And maybe those people can be someday if they came to Christ. You know, it's it's more about where their heart is than their history. Well, I appreciate that thought. I think uh, Proverbs one ten. Oh yeah. Says exactly. Uh, exactly what we're saying. Proverbs one ten says, "My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent." <laughs> Just kind of extremely clear. Does it need commentary? No. Eleven and twelve. They say, "Come with us. Let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like shale, even whole as those who go down to the pit. We will find all kinds of precious wealth. We will find a house of spoil." Throw in your lot with us. We shall all have one curse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your feet from their path. For their feet run to evil, and they hasten to shed blood. Indeed, it is useless to spread the baited net in the sight of any bird. So it just extremely clear. Hey, these They're going to offer you all kinds of goodies. Mm-hmm. Don't be enticed by it. Yep. Don't go that way. Even if they call you sissy, yellow, mm-hmm. whatever, so be it. There was a another situation that happened in Acts, verse five. As the apostles did, they were preaching the gospel, preaching Jesus. And Acts five twenty six says, then the captain went along with the officers officers and proceeded to bring them back without violence for they were afraid of the people that they might be stoned so they go to get the apostles for preaching about jesus but they do it nicely because they don't want to cause an uproar when they had brought them back they stood them before the council and the high priest questioned them saying we gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in the name and yet you have filled jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us but Peter the Apostle answered, We must obey God rather than men. So, obviously this is an extreme example of suppression of the gospel. I mean, if that comes down to it, you should do as Peter does and say, I, I can't stop speaking, even though you want me to. But it just it goes to show where the pressure is. Well, you know, there was... Few years back, I don't know the word police, speech police, thought police, whatever it was. There's things you can't say. Now I'm not, I'm not suggesting we go around saying things just to offend people. 
for a fence thing. Yeah. That's not wise. But there are things that are true and right that people don't want us to say. And here it was, uh, what the disciples were doing, recorded in the book of Acts, they said, don't, don't use those words. Mm -hmm. Stop saying that name. Politically incorrect. Mm -hmm. And they said, what can I tell, what can I tell you? The sun's shining. And if the sun's shining, how can I say it's a cloudy day? Mm -hmm. I mean, look, you can see it for yourself. Yep. You know. Yeah, it would just be, uh, it would just be a lie. So, do you have any other uh, verses or anything else for us to look at this morning? Well, Proverbs fourteen twelve. Are you familiar with those numbers? Yes. Read them for us, please. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Yep. Everybody's doing it. Mm -hmm. Everybody's saying it. Everybody believes it. Well, you know, you can go through the scriptures, find yourself a one-year Bible reading plan, and as you're reading through it, make note of every time the majority was right. <laughs> yeah. And you'll find none. Yep. There are some times when the majority is correct. In the Bible? No, just in general. But there are a lot of times when the majority is incorrect. Oh, yeah. Let's see. The majority of people on the earth decided to eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. I would say everybody on the earth decided to do that. <laughs> that was peer pressure. Adam, yep. dear, I have something for you. Mm -hmm. Try this, you like it. Yeah, it's uh, not very often the entire world goes one direction. <laughs> the uh, power of battle. Yep. Let's have a consensus mm -hmm. here, and we'll build a temple that'll reach to heaven. I mean, on and on and on through the history. So. Don't go with the crowd. Don't go with the crowd. Unless you think the crowd is actually trying to honor God. In that circumstance, that'd be okay. But well, even the the term used for believer in the last age is the remnant. Just a part of the whole. Certainly not the whole. Yeah, for sure. I think I want to close us off today by reading out of Matthew 16. Okay. Verse 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world 
and forfeits his soul? Or what will man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in glory of his Father with his angels, and will then repay every man according to his deeds. Truly I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming into his kingdom. And I think just the profound promise that Jesus just made right there is what we need to have in our minds every single time peer pressure comes upon us and is pushing us towards I think something. You, I think you can identify it. Yeah. I think you can. I'm going to make this decision and it will make Josiah happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good good thing to do when you're dealing with your wife but not just people. Yeah, there's a commitment that you've made in certain relationships to live at peace with them and to work things out with them. And there's sometimes where compromising or making a decision based off of pleasing someone is not necessarily harmful to God and His desire for your life. Sometimes it's just preference, preferences, and those things can be given up without hurting your faith. But there are times when it's impossible to go with what people want you to do, but also maintain your honor for God. And in those times, we have to remember what Jesus just said here. Like, how much are you willing to get? Like, the entire world, if it was given to you, is not worth well, it, giving up it your was salvation. given to Jesus. And the devil offered it up. I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. And what did Jesus respond with? Worship God and Him only. So that's where I think the decision comes. What are you worshiping? What are you trying to serve? Is it God? And if it isn't, it should be. Mm -hmm. And when you feel yourself starting to think about maybe a hard decision ask yourself why you're making it mm -hmm. and if you're making that decision because you're feeling a lot of pressure from someone else take a step back from that and just think just just spend a couple seconds don't rush it just think is this what God is, is this honoring to God and if you can say yes then that's great if you can't then you have to say no be afraid. Be very afraid. And the the fear of God, the, the respect, the admiration, that's what the Hebrew word means for fear. That fear of God, that, that respect for Him, is the beginning of knowledge, is the beginning of wisdom. And the more you practice that, putting His things first, your, your eyes will be more open, you'll mature, you'll be more enlightened, and you will be better able to identify ungodly decisions and live a more God-centered life. Yeah. So, we don't know what we're going to be talking about next time. It will be determined. Yeah, it will be something. TBA, TBD. To be announced, to be determined. TBD. You'll find out when we find out next week. Well, we might know before then. Yeah. But 
My name is Chuck Jones, and I approve this message. Yeah, my name is Josiah Kane, and I do the same. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Breakfast Theology. Um, once again, please uh, reach out to us through breakfasttheology at gmail.com or write a comment on one of our Facebook posts. Share it with your friends and family, and thank you for listening. Yeah, we, we're not going to guarantee that we can answer any questions, but we can certainly give you our opinion. Yeah. Until next time. Bye.